Brock's freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, yes, let's go. Brock and Salk Show, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app, plus podcast platforms, some of which no longer have Meghan Markle on them, I guess. Sounds like there's a bit of a, a podcasting snafu with Harry and Meghan there. They've been kicked off Spotify. It's you tough. the gossip. Well, I, yeah. You haven't heard about that? Not heard they gave them $20 million to do podcasts, and then they were like, oh, they're not talented. And then they had to take <laughs> away the contract. They're like, this isn't working at all. You're just famous. You're not talented. And so there's been a bit of a bit of a correction. Still make a living that way. Well, there's plenty of them. But in this case, uh, <laughs> I guess they one. fought back against the lack of talent. And now uh, they got themselves a little bit of an issue. Anyway. Hi, everybody. Good to be with you. I missed you all on uh, on Friday. Welcome Sounds back. like everybody had a good weekend. Uh, Justin in Portland hanging with uh, listeners and watching the pickles and yeah. uh, rumored to have even been with his girlfriend. I don't know. We'll see uh, whether any listener can confirm that. He like, announced it on the show on Friday. If you don't believe Betsy's real, we're going to be at the Pickles game tonight. I was like, oh, I want to see how many people go? show up for conference. Yes. We, I, did, I got some messages, and I did get to meet uh, Matt in Oregon. And Matt in Oregon came just to see if Betsy was real. And was proven <laughs> to be right. Wow. Or at least that there was somebody there. I will read you. you. Right, Matt in Oregon, text us. Yeah. Text us if you met Betsy. Yeah. I don't know whether Matt Confirm. listens this early. He's he's definitely a later <laughs> listener. I don't know if he's up at 6 a.m. I mean, said, generally, people that hang with Justin aren't up at 6 a.m. He wrote me back and said, well, I, I sent him a DM. I was like, hey, thanks for coming by. It was really nice. Good to meet you. And he said, it was great meeting you, too. Betsy was better than I could have imagined. Oh, wow. Yeah, Betsy <laughs> generally gets that kind of reaction, I would sure. say. Yeah. Uh, and Maura, you were at a weird country music festival party. <laughs> no, so it sounded like I weird. went to one of our uh, coworker from the from the news side of our station. You don't uh, want to say who? Parties. Uh, John Curley. John Curley's party. So what was John Curley's I party went, like? Uh, with a couple other girls that work here. Uh, I mean, he's got a beautiful farmhouse uh, out in Cleveland that they've like redone, um, and like a ton of uh, a huge yard with a, a pond, and they set up a. Yeah, he had. I think I don't know country music. You know that. Thank God. Chase, Chase McKinney, I think. Chase McKinney. Played. I think he hit a home run against the Mariners yeah, this weekend. Oh, there, there you go. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure he won the game for the <laughs> Orioles on Saturday. But I got to bring my dog, and that was like the oh, best nice. day ever for her. Oh, she she's very ran excited. all around that yard and got pet by like a million people. Oh, so well, that sounds nice for her. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys had a great weekend. When I left here uh, on Thursday... Uh, I had to uh, go home and start the fasting process, so uh, I, I ate for the last time at eleven thirty uh, a.m. on on Thursday, and then uh, had, you know took a little nap, went out, and uh, I had to go to a happy hour for a client actually on Thursday, and so you know everybody's eating and stuff. The weird one of the strange things about working in this business and being fairly open about your life is you'll go places and people will be like, "Oh, so you're ready for the colonoscopy tomorrow, huh?" And you're like, "Geez, this is." Like, it's one thing to sort of say it into the ether. It's another when you then meet one of those people like an hour later and they're like, hey, let me tell you. <laughs> like, all right, this is now very personal. You know a lot about my life. But yet, yet you have not stopped sharing. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. About I don't you mind too. sharing. Well, especially on something like this, which actually has a level of importance. Anyway, so I get to uh, I get to where we're going for the happy hour. And, you know, if you go back to Thursday, right, we had just had this 
pretty intense conversation with Jerry DePoto, right? And afterwards, you know, I had a lot to say about kind of where the Mariners were at. I thought that the two games they had just played against the Yankees were were as close to the worst I'd seen in forever. I actually think I went on Twitter at some point and said that one of those games was the most boring and one of the most lifeless efforts I'd ever seen the Mariners have. And I was, uh, you know, there were some who said that's ridiculous. They've certainly done more worse, but hey, whatever. That's how I felt in the moment. Anyway, so I'm there and I'm I'm still sort of feeling the weight of that conversation because it was, I don't know if I would say it was... Um, how would you phrase that conversation with Jerry? It wasn't quite tense, but it was, you know, challenging, right? We sort of challenged some of his thoughts about kind of where the season is at, why it's there, et cetera. And then they go out and they just start scoring runs right from the jump. It was like, you know, one guy, Kelnick struck out. And then after that hit, hit home run, hit, hit. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, God, I hate this team. Like, <laughs> really? You've got to wait for me to find, like, after everything I endured, like, okay, I think, I believe, I believe, I don't, I believe, I believe. Okay, finally, I'm done. Oh, you're going to go out and score 10 runs on the Yankees and look like an absolute World Series contender. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It actually made me more mad at them. Anyway, <laughs> that was uh, that was Friday. Saturday, they kept it going. You know, dominant win, right, on, on uh, I'm sorry, that was Thursday. Friday, you get the dominant win um and then uh, yeah right back in the hole <laughs> like right back to where they uh, they were before that so yeah. you know the conversation yeah. about the mariners will uh persist and honestly i don't know that it has changed all that much after this weekend i mean i think we sort of saw the same team ultimately that we've been seeing they are you know <laughs> not that good I, I don't know i mean like they're almost good I think that's probably a better way of saying it. They are almost good. They're almost the team they're supposed to be. But ultimately, they're not. They're almost good. That's not enough, right? Every game you can point to like one moment. Every game you can point to one thing. Every game you can say, oh, if only. And those things are fair. I mean, like those are real things in a baseball game that do turn on one moment, on one pitch, on one at bat, on one mistake, on one foul ball that just goes fair, or one yeah, fair one ball that just goes or foul. One, yep, yep. Or, I mean, all of those things have been true over the course of this year. But over the court, but when you when you look at it together over what is now three months of baseball, it tells a story. It doesn't end the season because thankfully we know there are teams that have done worse for longer and have then gone on a run, used their talent, and done what they're capable of doing. The Mariners could still do that. But each game that goes by where we see this continued funk, this continued lack of of doing the little things, it just gets us one step, you know, one game closer and deeper into that hole. So, anyway, speaking of that, uh, so I did do the colonoscopy on... Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. What a sorry, what, a, what a pivot. Sorry, I did uh, oh. I did do that on Friday. So, here's what I'll tell you. I just want a minute or two. I, I can only talk about the Mariners so much today. They were very, yeah, I can see. very, very frustrating. One, prep, not that bad. Everybody tells you the prep is terrible. The prep's the worst part. The prep is misery. Here's my advice. Request the pills, not the drink. That because based on everything you had heard was based on the drink. The drink is te- supposedly terrible. Heather did the yeah. drink five years ago. Yeah, it's miserable. You got to drink jugs of this. Disgusting- 
disgusting liquid, which you can barely get down. It makes you want to vomit in addition to the other ways uh-huh. you're clearing uh-huh. yourself out. It's awful, and, like, you can't consume it enough. Like, it's just too much liquid to put in your body. Disgusting, revolting. I didn't touch it. Instead, they now have an option, which for some reason they're not advertising. I don't understand why with Ozampic and Gaizinska and whatever the heck else they have out there, we don't, are, we're not advertising this on television. Really? We're going to advertise every single, like, minute, specific uh, 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 per, uh, prescription drug that can only possibly be for an... Oh, do you have restless leg syndrome? Like, that's what, 0.1% of the population needs whatever that is? Everybody needs <laughs> to get a colonoscopy. You don't want to advertise the pill? What are we doing here? It's ridiculous. Anyway, you take 12 pills. They're big, okay. I will say. They're like horse pills. Mm-hmm. You take 12 pills, you drink a bunch of water, you use the bathroom nonstop for, you know, a couple hours, you wake up, you do the same thing, you go get your colonoscopy. It couldn't be less, like it was nothing. Nothing. No problem. It's, because I'm not at the, in the age group yet, is it relatively new? Is the pill only last yes, a year or two? It's relatively new. All right. And it. for some reason, they're choosing not to advertise it, just to advertise every other prescription medication imaginable. Well, you're doing a good job of it right well, now. Well, I'm trying because I, I feel, look, getting a colonoscopy is really important. The last thing you want is to find out you have colon cancer too late. You get colon cancer late, it's a, it's a death sentence. And, you know, I watched it happen with my wife's father right after we started dating. He died in his late 50s. I want to say 58 or 59. And it was totally preventable, at least by, you know, modern standards, because all you got to do is go get this stupid procedure done every five years. And they go in. If you have any polyps, they scrape them right out and then they move on. And I did. I had six polyps. Nice. Now, I don't know whether or not those are, are uh, precancerous or not. They haven't determined that yet. They got to, you know, send it out to the lab and takes a few weeks. And I'm sure I'll find out those details. But it doesn't. I mean, in some ways it matters. In some ways it doesn't because they scrape them out. Yeah. I was like, I saw and then you're good to go. That. So I, I gosh, I, you know, if I could help a couple of people just by saying, A, it's really not that bad. And the procedure itself is zero. I mean, you're out. You wake up and they give you the new, the new anesthesia, the propanol. Dude, you wake up, you feel fine. Are they advertising that, too? Dude, they should be advertising propanol. <laughs> I mean, you wake up and you feel fine. I went, I got a bagel, I went home, I took a nap. I woke up, I felt good. I watched Miracle with the Kids on Friday night. And yes, it's the greatest sports movie of all time. And I'm not taking any comments at this moment. I was wondering if moment. that's what happened. You uh, were laying around <laughs> after your procedure because you really sent us like a novel about your thoughts on the movie Miracle on I did? email last night. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was last night, <laughs> I was like, where did though. this come from? Miracle's that good. I watched it on Friday with the kids <laughs> and I realized that it really is the greatest sports movie of all time. I'll give you more details on that maybe a little bit later. I think I need Brock around for that because he's he's got strong feelings on the sports movie thing. But ultimately, you know what it comes down to? The sports scenes in Miracle are really well done. They look legit. They don't look fake. They don't look phony like they do in every football movie. They don't have, you know, guys who can't throw a baseball like in every baseball movie. And I love a lot of those movies. But nothing captures it better than Miracle. Hmm. Best sports movie of all time. That's all I got to say. We'll be right back with things you actually need to know next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710salesports.com. Bump and Stacy weekdays 10 to 2. How do we think they stack up with the rest of the conference? Because not only do you need to win the NFC West, if you can't, you need some tiebreakers, yeah. right? You need a good record overall, and then there may be some tiebreakers that come into play, like the tiebreaker did this past season against Detroit. And when we look at the quarterback spot, there's only a few of the quarterbacks where I say I'd probably take them over Geno. 
the deciding factor for the, the Seahawks is going to be that defensive line. This is Seattle Sports. On 710 and at seattlesports.com. Hey guys, Matt Coker here from West Coast Men's Health to let you know that you don't have to take Viagra for the rest of your life. Acoustic wave therapy has changed the game. Trust me, I've seen guys come in who have completely given up, only to see them back in the game after going through our treatment program. So call West Coast Men's Health today. With clinics in Redmond and Tacoma, call 206-519-6541. That's 206-519-6541. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. The Mariners scored 32 runs on their road trip. They gave up just 19. Sounds great, right? And if it was one of those marathon cricket matches or a soccer playoff series with cumulative scoring, they would have won both series. It would have been a very successful trip. But it's not. It's baseball, and the cold reality is they dropped four of six, despite playing better, at least in uh, a few of those games. Yesterday, it meant watching Anthony Santander just do it all. And the pitch on the way to Julio. Swing and a drive deep into the gap in the right center field. Mullins going back to the one track and leaping up and making the catch is Santander. Santander going back to the gap in right center field, robbing Julio of a home run. He would later hit a home run just for good measure. I think it was the second of the weekend. Uh, that's just great. Other than a Cal Raleigh blast, the Mariners' bats essentially dormant again yesterday, so they waste another good outing from George Kirby, who goes six and two-thirds, gives up three. Only two of them were earned. Uh, they did have some successes this weekend, and it was nice to see them fight back at least on Saturday. Down late, uh, down what, 4-3 uh, and two outs in the top of the ninth. They got some bit of life. The stretch by Bautista. The pitch on the way to Ford Swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Going and going and we are tied on the Utah Street. Holy smokes, what a shot by Mike Ford. Yeah, raise your hand if you expected that. No? No hands? That's weird. Anyway, they uh, gave it back up a couple innings later and or in the 10th and uh, that, was, uh, that was that. It was fun though for a few minutes after Mike Ford hit the home run. Scott, I think, was actually reasonably happy with how they've done after those first two Yankee games. I need to hit stop first, though. Outside of today, getting shut down, I do think we're trending in the right way offensively, and I don't think you can just, you know, throw it in the trash because you have a rough day. Um, you know, you have to stay with it. And, um, you know, homestand coming up, we need to continue to swing the bats there um, like we did here a few days in the middle of this trip because it's in there. We're capable of doing it. it just has to stay consistent. Yeah, that's right. Nats will be in town for three starting uh, tonight. Luis Castillo will be on the mound. Going to imagine uh, they will be a little tired after coming back from Baltimore. But, hey, tough break. That's how it goes. And you got to go out there and beat a pretty bad Washington team. Here's the second thing you need to know. What it started with such promise, I think, was threatening to become a bit of an embarrassment. All-Star week just around the corner, and the Mariners just aren't hitting well enough to put too many guys on that roster. Thankfully, Julio Rodriguez will defend his, what, runner-up status in the home run derby on Monday night. Being at home and for the Mariners fans, it was no brainer for me. I feel like this is this probably will never happen again in my career, so I'll be able to do that for them I, at the home field, definitely definitely will be uh, something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, which is good. I'm really glad, actually, he's going to do this. I 
I was torn. I, I thought about both sides of this one, right? Because I do always worry a little bit about the Derby messing up somebody's swing. And certainly Julio has gotten a little pull happy, a little home run happy this season. And so the idea of watching him be rewarded for that is a little bit kind of backwards in my mind. But ultimately, right now, the city needs him. Seriously. The All-Star game is coming here. The Mariners have had an incredibly disappointing first half of this season, and he does seem to come alive in that kind of environment. So ultimately, I would say I 100% support this. This is what he needs to do for this city. We need him right now. And so I'm glad Julio's going to go out there and compete in the Home Run Derby. I hope he has as much success as he did last year. Here's the third thing you need to know. A uh, couple of cracking up for awards tonight as the NHL starts its big week leading up to the draft and free agency. Dave Haxtall, one of three nominees for Coach of the Year. And Matty Beneers, the favorite for the Calder Trophy, which is given to the most outstanding rookie. Here's Haxtall talking about Beneers. It was pretty eye-opening for everybody, you know, that he came in um, and, you know, just seamlessly made the transition, you know, to, to you know, to the NHL. Now, to a man, we all said, well, now you got to come back and do it when it matters. And Maddie was able to do that. I mean, what a, what a season he had. He's he's an impressive young man. Just He works and improves and picks the areas. He's one of these guys, he picks the areas of his game that maybe aren't his strengths, and he wants to attack it. He doesn't run from it. Does Dave Haxtell sound relaxed to you there? He sounds upbeat almost. Sheesh, I hope he's okay. Doesn't sound like Coach Haxtell to me. Anyway, huh? uh, you want me to get ahead of myself for a moment since I don't mind the occasional exaggeration? It's possible we are seeing the next Tiger Woods in Rosang. And I know she didn't win this weekend in the KPMG, but she did finish two strokes back, tied for eighth in her second LPGA tournament after winning her first, by the way. This was her first major. In two events, she has a win and she's finished two strokes off the lead. She's 20 years old. And she has the entire golf world talking about the women's game, unlike I've ever heard before. Was out yesterday at a golf course, and she was the most common conversation around, which was great. Right person at the right time. Uh, By the way, Keegan Bradley wins the Travelers in New England, in uh, Connecticut. And a crazy weekend in college baseball, Florida and LSU split the first two games, winner take all, game three uh, tonight, which is really this afternoon at 4 o'clock. That is everything you need to know. And we do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. We just got a text here at the 509. What is with this team's inability to score runs in extra innings when you're given a runner on second? It's really bizarre. I know in, after Brock's text that he sent us yes. this weekend, I'm sure he's going to be fired up about that too. But I cannot make sense of any of this. It doesn't make any sense. It's, well, yeah, and, and you know, I have some of this sort of built in for a little bit later in the show. But I think one of the things that's driven me so crazy this year is their complete inability to put pressure on the other team. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of talked through last year and, and the way they were so great in, in all those one run games. And, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, well, you know, the, the, the other teams made a lot of mistakes in those games, which helped the Mariners win, which is true. Right. Box and crazy wild pitches and weird like that happened a lot. Because the Mariners forced them into it. exactly. I mean, I really gave them credit for last year, how they forced them into those situations by pressurizing the opponent. This year, they've done none of that. They don't put any pressure on them. They don't do any of those things. And when they have, they let them off the hook. Remember how many times we talked about that, too? And it was usually because we had somebody like Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty on base. And it was like, oh, no, you got some super speed. And it 
Change, they haven't done the, any of that. Change the approach of the. They, they haven't done any of that. It, it, it's really been challenging how they've they've just completely failed in that department that was so successful for them over the last couple of years. So yeah, you're right. Brock's going to want to talk about some of that. He will be in at seven o'clock. Be good to have everybody back together before we do it. More is going to take us around the weekend. She'll do it next on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Got a really good rank today, I gotta say. Like, did a little work on it last night. Justin and I have been thinking through it, and I, I think you guys are gonna like it. Yeah, Especially you, like it. Yeah. Mora liked Fridays because Leftco decided to do a more traditional oh, hour wow. style What rank. did he rank? Old. He ranked old? Uh-huh. Well, all right. So what'd you get? Like, old man, look at my life. Old, we, old man was in the system. I don't know if he played it. We had a 40-year-old virgin. We Good. had old school. Why is that? Well, how, I don't understand. What, what about that is different from what we would have done? Uh, people were mad because he didn't do as much music as you. Oh. And, and he, well, just because he doesn't know enough. He included. Well, people young. were mad. There was like one person that likes ranked. He's very young. <laughs> He included Aaron G- Oldsmith. In his, oh, that's so. pretty good. He, See, that's a dad no. joke. He got into it. He's ready for dad jokes. <laughs> that's pretty good. What he did do was still make it more concise. Concise. So that we could actually like talk a little in the segment instead of someone saying something and just plowing through and being like, and he, then you got this and this and this and this and this. He he didn't he didn't race through a list. He didn't do it quite the same way. Well, obviously he hadn't thought of enough things. I mean, oh, if he thought of goodness. more, he would need that time. And again, yep. if I was given the full twenty five minutes, we would have more time to talk through all of those things. <laughs> but you keep limiting me to only eight or nine minutes. More uh, take us around the weekend in a full twenty five minutes. Here you go. Uh, maybe I should just start doing a, a list here of things that happened this weekend. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I feel like that's... Just name every sporting event that happened this weekend, so I don't leave anything out. That sounds great. Rapid fire scores, everybody easy to follow along. <laughs> Smart. So it's like an ESPN ticker, just read that. That actually sounds no. not very good. No. That's yeah. sort of what radio used to be. <laughs> right? I mean, like, time for your 2020 sports flash. And you just go through, like, every score, like, everything in the world happening in sports. Yeah. That's how I got my... So that was the first thing I ever did on the air. <laughs> I used to do the sports flash update on... Or whatever we call it. I don't remember. On uh, on 1510 The Zone. Wow. That's where you were? I was at 1510 The Zone in, in Boston, which had yeah. a, you know, 5,000-watt right. signal that nobody water. could hear. Now, yeah. it was actually... That was the second place I was at. That was 890 ESPN in Boston. That oh. was the one that went to the water. Okay. 1510, you just couldn't hear anywhere. And uh, <laughs> But Ryan Rosillo was there at the time. Kevin Winter, who you can hear on ESPN doing sports interruptes on radio. Um, there were a couple other people who kind of came through that place. It was bizarre considering how un- completely unsuccessful it was. Uh, John Anik. You know who John Anik is? He's like the. I've got uh, him on uh, Bob's Get in the Cage podcast. He's like the number one UFC broadcaster. He's like the top play-by-play guy for UFC. Huh. He was uh, he was like another sports update guy, and he was my boss who hired me to be an intern there. So it's kind of crazy all these people that came out of that you know completely nothing station. But we had a a a, a, a voice over guy like our big vo- big voice guy. His name was Dude Walker, what? which Perfect. by the way is phenomenal, right? Dude Walker, and you just bet fifteen ten the zone. Like he had like the hardcore, yeah, voiceover yeah, thing. Singer with that name. Oh yeah, 
And then I would do, uh, yeah, I would do updates. Tell you basically every score you could possibly fit into a minute and a half or whatever it was. All right, Maura, what's going on this weekend? All right. Well, we'll start with the Mariners. Maybe you'll realize you were a little less frustrated with them than you thought. Hmm. Probably not. Uh, Friday, the M's offense carried over the momentum from the last game of the Yankees series, scoring 13 runs. Logan Gilbert pitched a gem, going seven, inning, seven innings and giving up just two hits and one run while striking out five. There was a 40-minute rain delay, and uh, Gilbert spoke after the game just about how much better he thinks he handled that mentally than he would have starting out. Oh, need to turn my computer on, guys. That would be a good start. It's tough. I, a few years ago, probably would have ate me up, but I've gotten a, a little more relaxed, I guess, and um, just try to stay ready. It's tough, um, but you just pretend you're going to be ready to pitch in 30 minutes, and then if they back it up, they back it up. So not, not a huge deal. Heard him say he tried to take a nap. It didn't work, so he just kind of laid on the floor for a while. So hard. <laughs> Try to take a nap. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would be like. Before I, going out and having like like trying to be a dominant professional athlete, I'm gonna go shut it down really quick. A lot of guys do that though. Like that's not uncommon. For, I know it's normal for, for relievers who really, like well, does sometimes sleep the first right. two three innings. I mean, I think you like supposedly Brady did that before his first Super Bowl. So yeah. I think you. I think honestly, that's part of what makes him so good. Is apparently he doesn't get that fear and anxiety that a lot of us get in a huge moment like that. <laughs> I've often said that's the only difference between me and a professional athlete. Is fear and anxiety or ability <laughs> to take a nap. To take a nap before I go out and dominate. My well, I'll tell you what, you know, I know that the 13 runs was the biggest, you know, thing from that game, but I thought Logan was actually the most impressive. He was dominant on Friday night. I watched a lot of that game and he he's really turned that split finger fastball into a legitimate out pitch. And you know that's it's one of the problems with projections, especially with pitching. But with all with all athletes, it's one of the biggest challenges with projections is that it doesn't leave room for somebody to do something like that. Like, well, he's always been this kind of pitcher, so that's what he's going to be. Well, all right, unless he develops a new pitch like a splitter, and now he's getting people out with it. Oh, well, he doesn't really have swing and miss stuff other than his fastball. Well, now he does. Right. I mean, like that is a complete game changer potentially for his for his entire repertoire. So good on him. I, I thought he looked re- probably the best he's looked all year or certainly right there on Friday night against a really good lineup. Yes. And we'll hear in the next game about how tough that lineup was. Yes. But um, uh, so the M's got on the board early and Tom Murphy extended that lead to five nothing when he hit this three run home run in the third. The pitch to Tom. Swung on. A rocket. Left field. Back is Hayes. He's at the big wall. It is gone. Tom Murphy crushes a two-run home run. Rare territory these days in Baltimore. Over the big wall and left. And the Mariners add on 5 nothing. A serious blast from Tom Murphy. Again, it just seems to make such a difference for them when they get started early like that. And they were able to keep tacking them on. Teoscar Hernandez added a solo shot in the fourth. And then in the eighth, the M's offense really got going. They put up seven runs. Six different players had a hit, and Suarez had two. Yeah, they looked better against uh, some real pitchers over the last week than they did against who was it? Who came, what position player came in? I didn't that, get to see that part live, so I, I, think I, that was I knew it was a position player. Thursday, pitching. somebody came in for the Yankees and pitched, and uh, and they were better against like various actual pitchers than they were against him. Doesn't make any sense. 
nothing about this team makes sense, Maura. Nothing. <laughs> That's true. They are senseless. <laughs> they are without Is that sense. The new slogan. <laughs> they should be. Yes, your 2023 Mariners. Senseless. <laughs> See us senseless. <laughs> Just senseless. All right. Uh, Saturday, the Orioles struck first with Adam Frazier, our old friend, driving in a run in the bottom of the second. But Mike Ford and J.P. Crawford each hit solo shots in the top of the third to make it 2-1 Seattle. It was the fifth home run for each of them this season. Unfortunately, Anthony Santander hit one in the next inning to tie it up. He would drive in another run in the fifth to give the Orioles a 3-2 lead. But Julio Rodriguez did this in the sixth to tie it. Actually, I did not put his home run in here. Julio hit a home run. Okay. Guys. Nice, as you should. I believe you. <laughs> Did that in the sixth to tie it up. Uh, and the two teams just basically kept trading home runs. As Aaron Hicks gave Baltimore a one-run lead with his solo shot in the sixth, Leo made a great catch to save what would have been a home run from Ryan McKenna in the seventh. And then we all know yeah, what happened. We, we know what happened the yeah. next day, yes. Uh-huh. And with Ryan McKenna later in the game. Noted, you know, star Ryan McKenna. I think he. I think he played with Billy McKinnon or whatever the yeah. guy was last week. Just... Who the heck are these people? Like, it's one thing when Santander beats you. Like, that guy's good. He's a really good player. It's one thing when Aaron Judge goes yard like he did like twelve times when he was here a couple weeks ago. But when you're getting beat by Billy McKinney and Jake what's the other guy's Bowers name? Ryan McKinnon. Ryan, Ryan McKinnon. Yeah. Ryan McKinnon. Get out of here. Sorry. Well, they might be saying the same thing about Mike Ford hitting this home run. They should should be. The stretch by Bautista. The pitch on the way to Ford. Swing and a fly ball. Deep to right field. Going and going. And we are tied on the Utah Street. Holy smokes. What a shot by Mike Ford. A home run off of Felix Bautista. It's only the second, make it the third home run Bautista has given up this year. And Mike Ford, who homered in the third, homers here in the ninth, and we have a brand new ball game. What a day from Mike Ford. Two home runs for Mike Ford. Yes, they are saying the same thing in Baltimore about Mike Ford, <laughs> except they're not because they just won two out of three and they won yeah. that game anyway. So they can kind of move on with their life. But, hey, good on him, man. Uh, you know, I kind of doubted because he was doing this in AAA all year long. And we've kind of seen that before from a guy that basically has been a 4A player throughout his career. He does that at AAA. He comes up to the bigs and he kind of struggles outside of a little brief stretch when he was with the Yankees years ago. He, he's found a way to, to, to get that going again and, and to carry forward some of that success he was having in the minors. It does happen sometimes where a guy figures it out a little bit late, even after being on eight or nine teams. I don't know if that's going to be Mike Ford. And my guess is if you have the chance to upgrade that spot, you're still going to take it. But good on him. He's he's making the most of an opportunity. And that's always a cool thing for any athlete. Well, unfortunately, the Mariners could not keep the back and forth going in extras. As you mentioned, Ryan McKenna hit a walk-off home run for the Orioles. Um, Bryce Miller went six and a third innings, giving up six hits and three runs while walking three. He spoke post-game about the challenges in facing this lineup. After four innings, I had 70-something something pitches. and uh, Yeah, there's a lot of long at-bats and um, some tough at-bats. So, uh, yeah, they, you know, it's a good lineup and put, it, put together some good at-bats. Um, doesn't help whenever I, I walk for you guys in there also, so... Uh, but yeah, that makes with the, the humidity is the you know, it's a lot of work. He's from Texas. True. I want to hear about the yeah. humidity. So, <laughs> very, from Texas. Exactly what I thought. Let's go. Come on, man. 
Come on, man. That's all. I got nothing else. Humidity. <laughs> You're from Texas. Yeah. I know. It was Gilbert seemed to love the weather. Yeah, I thought Miller pitched pretty well. Like, I didn't think he was the problem in that game. I mean, that's a good lineup. You go through it a few times, they're going to get you eventually. I mean, he pitched well enough to win that game. They didn't win it. They didn't score enough. That's a pretty familiar theme this year. And good on them for not, like, turning around and blaming the offense. That's what you want. Bryce Miller being like, hey, I wasn't good enough. But, you know, he was. <laughs> that's sort of the, the the hard fact of it. All right, we'll move into yesterday's game. The offense stalled outside of this two run home run by Cal in the second. Here's the one-two pitch on the way to Cal. Swing and a well-hit ball deep down the right field line. Stay fair. It is way out of the ballpark. Gone. Goodbye baseball. On to Utah Street. Just fair down the line. Holy smokes. What a shot by Cal Raleigh on his way around second. Pointed out to the Mariners bullpen. And the Mariners have a 2-0 lead here in the top of inning number two. Number 11 on the year for Cal Raleigh. The only question whether or not that ball was going to stay fair. It did. And that is number 11 for Cal. He destroyed that one. And he didn't forget to say, to shout out the bullpen. Ty. I know, Ty yeah. forgetting that. He saw what happened with Ty a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Didn't want to make the same mistake. They, they earn, you got to earn their trust. So good, <laughs> good on Cal to maintain that relationship as you're out the base. Ty doesn't have that kind of responsibility. That's right. <laughs> I found this cool uh, from Daniel Kramer of MLB.com. I found this cool quote from uh, apparently uh, Cal is named for Cal Ripken Jr. Um, So Daniel Kramer got this text from Cal Raleigh's father. It said, when we were trying to pick his name out, my wife came up with Caleb. (laughs) um, I liked Cal because of Cal Ripken. I was able to parlay that into Cal. My wife early on didn't (laughs) like it when I called him Cal, but that faded quickly. Oh, wow. Like kind of a negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. well, I don't like Cal, but we can name him Caleb, and then I'll just call him Cal. Right. It's kind of it's like a backdoor Roth contribution, basically. Yeah. You're not allowed to contribute to a Roth. Oh. Well, what if I contribute to my 401k and then turn it into a Roth? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Ah, uh, yes, that's exactly what I thought about. It's basically what it is. Same thing. All right, George Kirby had a solid outing, going six and a third innings, giving up six hits and two runs. It was George Kirby's 12th quality start this season. Uh, but Kyle Bradish was dialed in for the Orioles. He only gave up two hits in seven innings. It looked like Julio had a home run to start the game, but as you played earlier, Anthony Santander made a spectacular grab to rob him, um, paying him back for the day before. And he also homered in the top of the third to tie it at 2-2. A rare error from Caballero in the bottom of the fifth allowed Jorge Mateo to score on an Anthony Bemboom single to take the lead 3-2, and that would be the final score in yesterday's loss. Um, I think you played the sound already. Service did say that he is happy with the direction they're trending. but like, Other than yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because yesterday was not good. It does kind of feel like they have to start winning some of these series. We're, we're running out of time. I mean, doing that. that is true. Oddly, they're still four and a half games out of the wild yeah. I mean, like we say that and you're right. Like, I agree with you. I'm saying the same thing. So don't take this as a as a criticism because I, I literally agree. You got to start winning games. Like, what the heck? And you're four and a half games out in the wild card. Like, both of those things are true at the same time, and it's it's weird, right? Because you're so frustrated, you're so mad, this team is so disappointing, and at the same time, they're still right there in it. And, and some of that is because other teams disappoint sometimes, too. Yeah. Some of it is because they've won some ugly games, which have surprised us. You know, that's 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 the reality of the situation. I, feel, I think 
maybe just me would have had a much different reaction Monday if they would have gone three and three on this road trip. If they had won yesterday's yeah, game, yeah, of course, I would have come to work today feeling much different about how the the, the trend. Had, but but trend really, that's gone. one game. I, know. I mean, right? That's like what, exactly what I'm saying. There's such a and this is why it's Jerry small. says and has said on this show before. Like he can't afford to be emotional like that. Mm-hmm. He can't afford to react. And and he's right. That being said. There's also like some issues that need to be figured out. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was the Mariners weekend. What else? What else happened? Um. Well, I know you want to talk a little golf. Oh, do I? Um. I think. Do I? Uh, Keegan Bradley broke the tournament record in his Travelers Championship win Sunday at TPC River Highlands, finishing 23 under. Uh, he grew up in Vermont, so he said it was special to win this in front of New England fans. You know, this is for all the kids who grew up in New England, got to sit through the winters and watch watch other people play golf. And I just am so proud to win this tournament. Travelers and everybody involved puts on a first-class tournament. It's been like this for a decade, and I'm just so proud to be the winner here. So Keegan's interesting. He, he, was, a, he was really good, like, 10, 12 years ago. Right. Won a PGA championship, I think, in 2011, something like that. And then, like a lot of guys, like just totally faded and and his game went away. He wasn't good for a while. And now he's back. And this is the second tournament win this year, which is great. Uh, That's a that's a designated event with a legitimate field in Connecticut this weekend. Two things about Keegan, though. Well, more you would like he's a huge like Patriots fan. He's constantly talking about other sports and like his sort of New England sports roots. He's a huge Howard Stern fan. He's constantly talking about that. But he's really tall. And it looks like he's using a child's golf club set. <laughs> like watching him out there, he's like all hunched over. Like I feel like the man needs golf clubs that are like six inches bigger than what he has. And yet, obviously, he's pretty successful with what he's got. He's also got more nervous ticks than like anyone since Nomar Garcia Parra. Like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It is stressful watching him. He looks at the ball. He comes back. He turns around. He goes up. He comes back. He twirls the club. He twirls it again. He takes it. It is like it's 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 tough to watch, but by all accounts, all time great guy and uh, good for him winning the tournament this week. Only six two, yeah. But compared to a lot of the golfers who are like five six, and and mm-hmm. you got to see the clubs he's using. I think that's it. It's like it just the clubs aren't big enough for him. Okay, but obviously they are because it works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at a picture of him hunched over holding some irons. He does look. Hunched like over, right? Yeah. He looks like he's, he's using, using clubs. <laughs> they're not big enough for him. Is there not really anyone else over six feet? No, there are. Tony Finau's tall. Like, a bunch of those guys are tall. Not not a clubs? Yeah, they just have longer clubs. Yeah. I mean, you can get a plus one, plus two. Like, you can get longer clubs. It feels to me as if he, like, got used like, the way Jimi Hendrix played a right-handed guitar left hand. Yeah. Right? Like, he just, like, he had to make a, like, he just adapted, and that's what's normal to him now. All right, well, we mentioned this earlier, too, but the Men's College World Series um, final is tonight. It was a best of best of three, so winner takes all tonight. Um, Florida scored 24 runs in their win over LSU Sunday, forcing this game. Uh, they broke the record for the most runs scored in a Men's College World Series game and came up one run shy of the record for the largest margin of victory in their 24-4 to route. Ugh. 24? What is it? Is just a weird baseball weekend for that? Angel scored. Yeah, I saw yeah. it like 25 nothing or something. The Rockies. <laughs> like, odd. Yeah. Never see this. Have you ever played in a game that was that bad? 
Yeah, we got smoked a couple times by some big, bigger schools. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of that. Isn't I don't think fun. I've ever played in a baseball game like that. I've been in basketball games like that. I've been in <laughs> football games like that. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, lost a football game forty six to six. I mean, like I've I've definitely been on the losing side of a lot of games. But that tea. is, huh? And then you had tea. Oh, you know, then we had tea afterwards. That yeah. kind of made it better. Little yeah, party sandwiches fine. with the crust cut off and all that. Yeah, so <laughs> little cucumber and whatever. Of course, yeah. With, with Belmont Hill. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think Belmont Hill actually is probably one of the teams that beat us like that. That was uh, sort of generally how, how things went for us. All right. Let's see. Why you have it out for Jake Bobo. I do. Well, because he went to Belmont Hill. Uh, let's see. Mike, you've been saying they're four or five games out of the wild card for months now. At some point, they've got to execute. Well, you know why I've been saying yeah. it? It's because it's true. Like, I agree with you. I, I agree they've got to execute at some point. But in the meantime, they haven't blown the season yet because they're only four and a half games out of the wild card. So, like, look, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not trying to say everything's fine because they're four and a half out in the wild card. That's not fine. But I'm also not going to tell you the season's over and they've they've cost themselves the year because they haven't. That, that's just the hard reality of of what of what is left and where they are. I'm sorry I mentioned the fact of them being four and a half out. That's just where they're at play better, which they're capable of doing. I think that's what's so frustrating about this weekend. Like you saw Thursday, Friday, they're perfectly capable of playing better than that. They're perfectly capable of doing that more often. Mm-hmm. And instead, they're choosing not to. They're I keep <laughs> choosing not to play better. I keep going back in after each series and just trying to remind myself of where the Mariners were at this point last year mm-hmm. and cannot believe I mean, I know the fourteen run the it started or the fourteen game streak started July second. Right, so, so you're just about there. Just about there, and this was a this was the terrible stretch yeah. that we were in last year. Yeah, uh, lost a bunch of games to the Angels at home, and you're like, is this it? Should, should we they're, should we sell everybody? They're, they're not going to have. A, I mean, they're not going to have a fourteen game winning streak, but no. they're perfectly capable of ripping off twelve out of fifteen, right. and getting themselves right back in it. And we were, th- yeah, <clears> but they got four and forty. They got to go do that at some point. Maura, I was disappointed. I was hoping you were going to get to Rosang. That was she didn't win this weekend, and maybe if she had, she would have cracked around the weekend. But this story is truly, she's awesome. Oh. My, since my golf knowledge is so limited, yes. I see who wins and I put it in. Around Fair enough. She's <laughs> she's awesome. You got you got to start like just put a little like a little small piece of your tracking brain on Rosang. She is 20 years old. She's now only participated in her first two LPGA tournaments. She won her first one. She finished two shots back, tied for eighth, top 10 finish in her first major this weekend. She is just dynamic. She does it all. She had an eagle on 18 on Saturday to like get her right back into contention for Sunday. She's just got some of those tiger properties. And I don't know if it's going to like get her all the way to where Tiger was, certainly in terms of victories and world number one and all of the things that he accomplished. I don't know whether she'll do all that. I mean, it's way too early to make that kind of call, but she's got a flair for the dramatic. She's got a killer instinct. And I think she's got some barrier breaking capability because I, I just keep hearing more people talking about her than I've ever heard anyone talk about the women's game of golf before. And I, I, I said earlier, I think she's in the right place at the right time. I mean it. Women's sports right now is on a tear. 
People are more interested in them now than they ever have been before. And she is showing up at exactly the right time with a chance to be truly dominant. So we'll see where it goes. Just put a little tracking button on Rose Zhang and just follow her career and where she goes. All right. Brock is with us. He will be here next. Want to talk through what the heck the biggest difference is between this Mariner team this year and the last two years. Because the more I watch it, the more it is very, very obvious to me. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710 salesports.com.